Welcome to Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan, and we are broadcasting live on February 27th from the studios of WMNF in Tampa. And we are raising funds today. Normally, we will hear an interview on Tuesday Cafe, and we're gonna hear some examples of that later on in the show. But I'd like to ask you right now to go to your phones and to support the great programming that we bring you on WMNF, all of the great hosts that we have. Most of them are volunteers. They do such a great job, and that's so much worth supporting. Right now, I'm asking you to specifically support Tuesday Cafe, but you can make it essentially a gift to all of our news and public affairs shows because they do such a great job. So if you'd like to give us a call right now at 813-239-9663 and support Tuesday Cafe on WMNF, please do that. Make your $100 donation or $200 contribution. We have a $1,200 goal this hour that I'd like to hopefully we can reach and keep the station going strong. Give us a call right now. I do have some people to thank during Democracy Now! because as I'm learning, we had a great flurry of support right there at the end. And Democracy Now! did make its goal today. So thank you to all of our donors. I really appreciate that. We have a Circle of Friends member at the $9.05 a month donation level. This is Cynthia New, and she is getting an artist t-shirt. So thank you so much. You can see that artist t-shirt on our website, which is wmnf.org. Ramesh Persaud is also donating $107 to WMNF, so thank you for that. Damon Hull has contributed $128. He says, thank you for Progressive Media. He's getting that artist t-shirt. What's all the buzz about the artist t-shirt? You you probably want this as well. You can see it at WMNF.org. It's a great blue color, and it has a wonderful design by Doug Wright, who is a local artist at Doug Wright Studio on Instagram. And you can check out his art here on the WMNF.org website. And that lovely t-shirt can be yours for a $100 donation. Cheryl Hapke has contributed $108. She says, WMNF gets me through the day. I love getting the news through Democracy Now! Cheryl is getting a, guess what? Artist t-shirt. Thank you for that. And James Witten is getting two artist t-shirts. He's joining the Circle of Friends at $50 a month. So thank you so much to James and to all those other donors WMNF's uh, Tuesday, I'm sorry, Tuesday Cafe is coming up. Democracy Now! did make its goal today. And I'm really happy about that. It's the second day of the five days that it has made its goal. So that's really fantastic news. So what I'd like to do now is to ask you to support Tuesday Cafe. Here's the number to call, 813-239-9663. If you appreciate the interviews that I've done over the last few months, Give us a call right now and, and show your support. You can also make a donation at WMNF.org. Well, here's just one of the examples of the interviews that I have done during the last few months on Tuesday Cafe. Last month on the first day of the Florida legislative session, I spoke about several bills that would impact LGBTQ plus Floridians if they become law. And my guests were Joe Saunders, who is the Senior Political Director of Equality Florida, and Quinn Diaz, a Public Policy Associate with Equality Florida. They're going to talk about displays of flags by government entities like government buildings, public schools, and universities, a bill that would limit the use of personal pronouns and expanding the law that critics call Don't Say Gay to the Workplace, and about transgender Floridians um, that seeks to deny their legal existence. So these bills are up in the Florida legislature, and we talked about them last month with Equality Florida. So here first is Joe Saunders from Equality Florida talking about his group. 
it's a really important time to be having this conversation. Equality Florida is Florida's largest LGBTQ civil rights organization. We were founded in 1997 in response to the Defense of Marriage Act passing in the Florida Capitol. At that time, there were no LGBTQ voices um, from the community who were there to oppose that law. And when we were founded in response to that, it was our mission to ensure that no anti-LGBTQ laws would pass again. That was true for 23 years. And then Ron DeSantis was elected. And here we are. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of LGBTQ legislation in Florida, and then we'll get to some bills that are are in the, the legislature as soon as this week. Going back to 2021, Governor DeSantis signed a law that kept trans women from playing in female sports. And then the following year, he approved the Parental Rights and Education Bill that prohibits classroom discussion about gender and identity and other things. So uh, what about the, the recent legislation that has happened, as you mentioned, during the DeSantis administration? Would either one of you want to kind of look back a little bit at some of the things that have happened so far? Sure. Well, I'll take a first stab at it. And then, Quinn, if you um, want to jump in and certainly correct any of my record. Well, last year was a hallmark year in the worst ways for the LGBTQ community, Sean, because, you know, I've been doing this work with Equality Florida and in the LGBTQ movement for almost 20 years. And last year was the first time in my time doing work in this state where we saw such an avalanche of anti-LGBTQ bills. 22 anti-LGBTQ bills were filed in the 2023 legislative session. And when the dust settled and all was said and done, the substance of 17 of them was passed into law. So your question is a difficult one because there was quite a lot of ground covered by the far right. But just to hit some of the highlights, we saw a sweeping attack on the transgender community, what we called the gender affirming care ban. We can talk a little bit more about that, but effectively it uh, criminalized doctors and banned health care for uh, transgender young people, while also limiting access to life-saving healthcare for transgender adults. We saw the bathroom bill pass, which uh, was uh, a sweeping mandate on public buildings, local governments, colleges, universities, high schools and middle schools to require um, the policing of transgender people as they entered public restrooms. Uh, We certainly saw the expansion of the don't say gay or trans law, which I think most of the public is familiar with at this point, a law that when it was first filed two years ago was supposed to just be about K through third grade. um, And then in law saw an expansion up to eighth grade until the Board of Education, fueled by our public, uh, uh, our education secretary, Manny Diaz, instituted a rule through all K through 12 grades. Um, So there have really been a sweeping number of attacks on the freedoms of LGBTQ Floridians and as an agenda coming from Tallahassee focused on censorship and surveillance. And Equality Florida called that a slate of hate that came out in, in about a year ago. And Quinn, do you have anything you'd like to add about uh, what Joe was saying? Yeah, uh, Joe's exactly right. After last year's legislative session, transgender Floridians found themselves crowdfunding their moves out of state, staying home to avoid using a public restroom and desperately attempting to arrange for continued health care coverage against the backdrop of a national debate on the validity of our existence. Nationwide, there was 450 anti-LGBTQ bills that were filed, 
with the anti-trans initiatives seeking to ban access to healthcare as we have in Florida, restrooms, sports, legal protections, identity documents, and even basic recognition while criminalizing supportive loved ones and healthcare providers. 70 of these bills have passed nationwide. And when you take stock of it, especially in Florida, it's very difficult to avoid the conclusion that the right's political endgame is persecution and erasure of transgender Floridians. We're seeing bills being filed. The legislative session starts Tuesday uh, for 2024. And we're just seeing this continued escalation of extremist attacks that only work to limit the freedoms of all Floridians through unprecedented government intrusion and censorship, the curtailing of freedoms of speech and expression, bodily autonomy and self-determination. And we're just seeing a doubling down of this commitment to further harm an already marginalized population. Transgender people make up just 1.6% of the national population. So this is an extremely small group of people. And yet the legislature's focus is not on delivering relief on any of the issues that all Floridians are crying out for. It's just on attacking this very small segment of the population. That's Quinn Diaz, a public policy associate with Equality Florida. Before them, we heard Joe Saunders, the senior political director of Equality Florida. We spoke last month right at the start of the Florida legislative session about all the bills that were coming down that their community was concerned about. And we're uh, following the legislative session very closely here on WMNF. And we hope that you feel that, that conversations like this, that discussions like this, bringing up issues such as this is something that's important to have in, on the air in Florida and in the Tampa Bay area. If you do think it's important, if you like hearing from Equality Florida and you like hearing that what's going on in the Florida legislature, please support it with your financial contribution to WMNF. Here's how you can do that. 813-239-9663. You can also make a donation at WMNF.org. And we have a $1,200 goal this hour. We, I think we can make it. We're about a tenth of the way there. I'm going to thank some people in just a second. But we really do need to hear from you. I see a phone line ringing right now. I hope that's a donation. That would be fantastic. So we'll, we'd like to thank you as well. Give us a call at 813-239-9663 or donate at WMNF.org. And Randy is here. I, again, uh, folks, this show is rebroadcast on TBAE, which is our local television network, open uh, open access uh, in Hillsborough County. So your donation helps not only fund WMNF, but then takes that voice and moves it out beyond the listening area or the internet. And Sean, I- I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh-oh. Um Have you seen the, the Florida uh, News Broadcasters Awards list? I have not. So the finalists have come out. They yes. have not announced the winners. The winners won't be announced till April, but the finalists have been announced. Yeah. And the WMNF news team has made the finalist list for the Florida News Broadcasters Awards. That's great. So wanted to say congratulations to you and the team. Thank you. Uh, for getting that fabulous honor of being a finalist. And that's what you do when you contribute to WMNF. You elevate this news team. You broadcast the voice. You amplify the voices of WMNF in the mission. So give a call, 813-239-9663, or hit donate now at WMNF.org and amplify the values that you are already connecting with. If you believe in the WMNF mission, what you do helps contribute and make that happen. 
Well, I'm kind of speechless. Uh, I'm glad you shared that news with me. Thank you, Randy. You're welcome. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank uh, you so much. I'm quite proud of our team as well. So I'm I'm really happy about our team, and I can't wait to explore this more. And uh, but right now, I want to thank Julie who donated thirty dollars to support Tuesday Cafe. She says, "Keep up the good work. I love the community, the music, the staff, and the volunteers." And she is going to that uh, that 2000s versus 1990s versus 2000s concert. So those tickets are not available, but we have lots of other things we can offer you for your donation. And before the drive even started, we got some generous donations to, to uh, Tuesday Cafe. Thanks to Mindy Callanan from, uh, from Clearwater, who is getting the artist t-shirt, and she'll look great in that. And thanks to Artie Stubbs for a $21.60 contribution. So thank you to all the donors who have donated before the show and the people who are on the line now. I hope you're donating. And if you haven't called yet, it is the last day of fundraising, the last 22 hours or so of fundraising here at WMNF. So give us a call right now, 813-239-9663. Support the work that is going on here at WMNF in the newsroom. For all the news and public affairs show hosts and the music shows, this is just a great station all around with fantastic music and wonderful informational programs, and we hope that you support it. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. We so appreciate your support, and we need it to keep the station going. And again, what we do is we connect with the community. When you heard about transgender and cutting off bathrooms, you heard a lot of politicians talking, but here's Equality Florida representing the voice of the LGBTQA plus community, not only on the air, but in depth. We didn't take a 15-second spot or a 30-second little clip of what they had to say. Sean got in deep and had a conversation and talked about the issues. We've also had the voices of people where Chris Young, our reporter, talked in depth with somebody who was fired because they wanted to use gender-appropriate pronouns for themselves. And these are the types of voices that you hear at WMNF. Again, living our values, going from the mission into the microphone, through the speaker, and this is what you do when you contribute to this station. You help amplify the voices of the community, of important grassroots marginalized communities. Please continue to do that at 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. I want to tell you about some of the shows that I've had since our last fun drive about three or four months ago, just so that you can remember some of these conversations. And if they touch you, if you got something out of them, I hope that you make a contribution to keep this work going strong. First of all, in the last few weeks, I've had some guest hosts and I want to thank Tom Sherberger, who hosted a wonderful show. The title of his show was, Does the Florida Legislature Want to Give Governor Ron DeSantis His Own Army? A very important show, and I hope you you can go back in our on the WMNF.org website and listen to that show again that was yeah, ably very, hosted. Very, very, very briefly, it's whether or not uh, the Florida Guard should be in control of the governor like no other state, where basically you've got reservists in the National Guard who are from the state who can be called up in times of emergency, whether it's uh, a state emergency like a major hurricane disaster where the, the National Guard goes in for relief or for other types of, of call-ups. But the governor of Florida wants to have his own little private reservists that he can call up when he, he so wants to. 
So that's a very important show. Thanks to Tom for hosting that. I also had a guest host, Jason Marlowe, who talked about sports gambling in Florida. So mm-hmm. I want to thank my guest hosts. Thank you for that to them. And we also, I, I interviewed, um, there's some a lot of other people that I'll get to during this show to remind you. We also heard from the 2024 Hillsborough School Board candidates in districts one and three. And we heard the oral arguments at the Florida Supreme Court over Amendment 4 on abortion rights. Well, these are just a few of the shows. I'll talk more about more of them later on. I do want to ask you if you can support this show with your financial contribution. I think so far we've raised about $150 on our way to $1,200 goal. So that means we're about a tenth of the way there. We still need to raise just over $1,000 as far as I know. Uh, I keep seeing the phones ring. I hope and uh, hope that people are donating right now, but I I need to hear from you as well. 813-239-9663 is the number to call, but you can also make a donation at WMNF.org, which is our secure website. Let me go on to another segment that I can play for you. Uh, And this is actually a former WMNF volunteer who has made it uh, really successfully in the world of journalism. In October, Hamas fighters crossed over from the Gaza Strip into Israel, killing 1,200 Israelis and taking more than 200 people hostage. Soon afterwards, NPR international correspondent Aya Batraoui was in Israel reporting mm. on those attacks and on Israel's deadly response. Right now, she leads NPR's Gulf Bureau in Dubai, and she used to volunteer for WMNF News, as I said. On WMNF's Tuesday Cafe, we spoke with Aya Batraoui about her reporting and the latest news from Gaza and Israel. Again, this was in November, so keep in mind the numbers will have changed, but her on the ground and in, in-person reporting is still powerful. Here you can hear us talking about and playing audio clips from her interviews with people in Israel and Palestine. So here is part of my interview with Aya Batraoui, who was reporting from Israel soon after the Hamas attacks. Her mother was a nurse. She's an American Israeli nurse. And here's the thing that she was saying to me. She grew up in one of these kibbutz that are in the south, very leftist kibbutz, she said, um, very left-leaning. And she said that she grew up actually knowing people in Gaza before there had been this massive withdrawal from Gaza by Israeli settlers. And they took down the settlements there in Israeli building blocks and then they partitioned and sort of just like closed off Gaza from the rest of Israel. So this was a totally different era. Like people might not even remember that this was the case, that they actually used to live together in the same area and um, maybe it wasn't, you know, like that neighborly, but they used to share the same coastline and the same beach. And she's saying like, and I think what was so interesting about her quote is kind of how she says, like, I just don't see them the same anymore. And I don't think I can differentiate between civilians and Hamas. And I think that's a very interesting thing to say because what we're also seeing in Gaza are staggering numbers that we have never seen before in in these conflicts. And I've talked to so many people who've worked for so long on Gaza, doctors, aid workers, UN representatives who've been in and out of Gaza for years, and they've never seen what we're seeing. In just one month, there have been over 10,300 deaths according to the Palestinian health officials there. There have been over 4,300 children killed. The latest figures today, and those numbers are rising every day. The latest figures are 26,000 wounded in the Gaza Strip and 1,300 children missing under the rubble still. 1,000 unidentified bodies, mass graves. The situation is so bad that they haven't had time to identify the people they're burying and 
It's so dire that I've been hearing from doctors and people in the northern part of Gaza that they aren't even able to reach the wounded. And so they're digging with their bare hands. You've probably seen these on social media, on videos on social media, people digging with their bare hands, unable to reach to these people. So there are people who are trapped under the rubble that are alive and they cannot be saved. You know, bread lines have been bombed. Hospitals have been bombed. Schools, UN shelters have been bombed. Over 200,000 homes, according to the Palestinians, have been destroyed. Universities have been bombed. You have ambulances have been bombed. We just had a convoy of ambulances on Friday out front of the biggest hospital in Gaza, Al Shifa Hospital, bombed. The Palestinian Red Crescent says their ambulance was carrying a 35-year-old woman who was critically injured south to the Rafah crossing so she could get treatment in Egypt. And they said that their uh, ambulance was uh, attacked in a, by an Israeli missile. And that attack killed 15 people outside of the hospital and wounded 60 others. It was a horrific scene of just carnage. Israel says it was attacking an ambulance and they claimed that the ambulance was carrying a Hamas person. But the Palestinian Red Crescent gave the name and the age of the woman in that ambulance. So it's really unclear, like, you know, when these claims are made, how Israel is deciding what to strike. But one thing that's very clear, I think, to many people is that the scale of this is unimaginable. I've been, I mean, these are the words I hear from people. If we want to play, for example, um, what I was told by Dr. Natalie Thurtle, she used to run Doctors Without Borders program for the Palestinian territories until 2021. I reached her uh, recently. The scale of this is shocking. And I think what we're witnessing through our staff who are still on the ground there is totally horrific. That's Natalie Thurtle, who is a Doctors Without Borders doctor, telling about the dire situation in the Gaza Strip. And our guest is Ea Batrawi, an NPR international correspondent. Uh, Ea, uh, what can you add to what the doctor was telling us? So again, as you heard her say, she's never seen anything of the scale. And I need to just keep emphasizing that because everyone I've spoken to who works in Gaza or who lives in Gaza continues to tell me this. And Gaza has been through a lot this is its fifth war or conflict since 2008. So if you're a 15 year old child, this is your fifth war or something close to it in just your entire lifespan. The psychological trauma in addition to this cannot be described. And I struggle with words to try to explain and understand as well, like the trauma to children. I saw one video that I think really, really captures some of the trauma that children in Gaza are facing because they can hear the bombs. They can hear a constant sound of drones humming overhead, Israeli aerial surveillance drones and, and, and armed drones. That's Aya Batrawi. She leads NPR's Gulf Bureau in Dubai, and she used to volunteer for WMNF News. I spoke to her on WMNF's Tuesday Cafe in November, so a month after Hamas's attacks on Israel. And we she played some audio clips, as you heard, from her interviews with people in Israel and Palestine and um, we hope that you think that that kind of, of journalism is worth supporting. Aya certainly supports WMNF, and that's, I guess, where you could say where she got her start in reporting is working in the newsroom with, with Mitch Perry uh, back in the 2000s. And now she is an NPR 
Gulf Bureau Chief in Dubai, very important journalist in the world. You hear her on the NPR News headlines several times a day sometimes. And uh, we're very proud of Aya and her success that she's had. And we're also very happy that she came on Tuesday Cafe and was able to share those stories with our WMNF audience. If this is an important asset that you think is valuable to keep in the double, in the Tampa Bay area, please support it with your financial contribution, 813-239-9663. You can also make a donation at WMNF.org. I think it's so important, Sean, that people know what is developed here, community radio, Mm -hmm. with people who start off as volunteers, people who started off as just being really passionate. Um, I I think about my my own start in the WMNF newsroom and, and not just doing headlines in the morning and the afternoon, but then doing all that volunteer reporting and going out on election nights and going out and covering special speeches like when um, the guy who runs the Southern Poverty Law Center came to town and some of the other things that we're still doing in the newsroom that's not just good stuff and a really great uh, ground game for people who are starting out, but also award-winning stuff. Uh, so congratulations for all you do. And again, for those of you who uh, love the news and public affairs, especially Tuesday Cafe, remember when you contribute to Tuesday Cafe, you're not just contributing to the WMNF general sound, but you're saying, I want my voice amplified. I want to take what I believe in. I want to take the principles that I believe in, the type of reporting, the type of issues, the type of questions, the type of experts, and that's what I want to put out into the world. When you contribute to WMNF, that's exactly what you do at 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. Amplify your voice. Amplify your values when you contribute to this station. Here's a donation that came in during the end of Democracy Now! So thanks so much to Wayne, who is donating to Democracy Now! and to several other shows and is getting a WMNF t-shirt. So thank you very much for that donation, Wayne. We really appreciate it. And uh, we um, also would like to ask you for a donation as well. Can you make a contribution? Can you support your values being on the air in the Tampa Bay area? Here's the number to call again, 813 813- Two three nine nine six six three. We have lots of thank you gifts we can offer you. We have two different T-shirts that we can give you for your donations. We have uh, tickets to Tropical Heat Wave. But the best thank you gift of all is keeping community radio alive and well in the Tampa Bay area. And you can do that with your donation at WMNF.org. We still have more than $1,000 to go this hour. We really need to raise funds for Tuesday Cafe. I hope that you can support it with your contribution at 813 9663. When you call and make that donation, you're supporting programming like these interviews that I've done over the the past few months. For example, I interviewed the Florida Right to Clean Water Amendments people, and uh, they announced that day that they will have to wait until 2026 to put that ballot initiative on the ballot in Mm. Florida. We also heard from environmentalists who opposed the Belmar development in the Florida Panther habitat down in the Lee County and Collier County area. We've, we also spoke about the Pinellas legislative delegation supporting a revamp of PSTA, and we heard from bus advocates about what that would mean for local transit. We, I, I spoke to uh, about the latest possible tear in a mosaic gyp stack liner at the new Wales plant in Florida. I spoke to some inter- environmentalists about what they knew about that. And I spoke to a law professor and a scientist and asking them about 
how, why they were asking for a halt to a dredging project that could harm Puerto Rican coral reefs. So if you appreciate any of these interviews, if you think that that's the kind of information that you want to know more about and you'd like to have those kinds of interviews on the air in Tampa Bay, please give us a call now and support this programming with your financial contribution. You're supporting our radio station, Community Radio WMNF. And you're voting for this type of show. If you like interview shows, call-in shows, informational shows, like Tuesday Cafe, now's the time to support it with your donation at 813-239-9663 or at WMNF.org. You know, Sean, you're talking about all these environmental issues that you've touched upon. And truth be told, both you and I have a little bit of an academic background in environmental studies. And we understand that while we see all these big stories about climate change, climate change and global warming and drastic weather changes, what folks may not realize, well, except for maybe the WMNF listener because they listen to your show, is that all of these little things are interconnected, whether it's the manatees or coral or marshlands or development, all of these things contribute to our global climate that humans have such a huge impact in and we can actually heal some of these things that are troublesome. And that's kind of how community radio works too. We ask for your nickels, your dimes, your quarters, your $5 donations. And for some of you, your big thousand or even $10,000 donations. So if you understand these connections, how you contribute to this very small little butterfly, you know, wings, flapping in the breeze here in Community Radio in Tampa, Florida. We need to hear from you. 813-239-9663 or donate now at WMNF.org. You know, I should say that uh, when I went back to the phone bank room, I heard that there were people that were calling in and harassing the phone bank volunteers because they didn't like what they were hearing on WMNF. And I'm not really a fan of that. I don't think that that's really how... um, People should treat nonprofits, you know, whether you agree or disagree with what you're hearing. I was, and that's, you know, I was disappointed to hear that that's that was happening to our volunteers as wow. well. They seem to be taking it in stride, but I, you know, I don't know. I, that just left left a, a really bad taste in my mouth that that was happening. So I hope that you can kind of um, raise your voices metaphorically above that din and make a contribution and say, look, you know, I know there's naysayers. I know there's people who don't like what we're saying here on WMNF. But I think that it's important that we have all voices and that the, the voices that we hear on WMNF are worth supporting and saving and keeping on the air. And so here's my donation. Maybe you can make a donation of $50. Maybe you can make a do- donation of $88 and get our black logo t-shirt. Or maybe you can make a $100 donation and get the USB thumb drive that has 33 hours of black history from Pacifica Radio Archives. Or a $100 donation and get the WMNF artist t-shirt. Or if you have a $240 donation you'd like to make to WMNF, you can get a pair of tickets to WMNF's Tropical Heat Wave May 4th. Whatever it is, we really hope that you support the programming here and give us a call at 813-239-9663 or make a donation at WMNF.org. Yep, because after all, we are interested in a more peaceful world, a more sustainable world. We, we allow people of all different viewpoints to talk and call in. And as long as they are engaged in civil conversation, we hear your voice. Continually, we have people who pledge and say, I'm going to give $20. Don't agree with your politics. But I appreciate you letting me speak, letting me say, letting me say what I have to say on the air in a civil discourse. But yeah to call and harass volunteers because 
we're speaking our truth because we have evidence supported reasons to say what we're saying show the love man just show the love that's all we're asking just show the love because that's what we're about we want to have hard conversations in a civil way because me personally i don't think we're divided because people aren't talking i think people aren't talking enough this is just my general perspective and i know that's this same perspective the same legacy that wmnf is coming from so if you want to show the love to some of those great volunteers show the love to sean share in in the civil discourse that we engage in at 88.5 fm or wmnf.org however you get it 813-239-9663 or wmnf.org and hit that donate now button in the upper right hand corner I want to play another clip from an interview that I did in the last few months. And uh, if you are, if you respond to this interview, if you think that it touches you, if, it, if it's important to, to you, I'd like to hear your donations. 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. I certainly would like to thank you for your donations after this interview. So please call now, 813-239-9663. Last year, there was a push in Florida to consolidate judicial circuits. And before that idea was abandoned, I spoke with the suspended Hillsborough County State Attorney, Andrew Warren. He told WMNF that it was a naked power grab by Tallahassee and the Republican leadership. And Warren was twice elected in Hillsborough County, but he was suspended by Governor Ron DeSantis. So here's a short clip of my interview with Andrew Warren last fall about judicial consolidation. Look, this is a naked power grab by Tallahassee and the Republican leadership there. And this is great if you're one of the 22 people in that inner circle in Tallahassee, but it's really bad if you're one of the 22 million Floridians who relies on the criminal justice system for uh, all different parts of our society. And part of these meetings have been in public, but in November, they're going to have some closed door meetings. Why are you concerned about that? Well, Florida has a sunshine law in which uh, the government is supposed to operate out in the public transparently so that everybody can see what they're doing. Uh, The governor has shown that he really doesn't care about uh, the Sunshine Law. He doesn't care about a lot of laws, frankly, but he just recently got in trouble uh, for violating Sunshine Law with regard to COVID, and now they're doing it again. They're holding these meetings in private so that the public doesn't have a chance to see and hear how the future of the criminal justice system in the state of Florida is going to be uh, twisted and turned and ultimately gerrymandered uh, for political reasons. If there is this redistricting that happens with these judicial circuits, again, we're not talking about congressional redistricting or other things that people might be familiar with that happens kind of routinely every 10 years or so, Uh, but this is judicial circuits being kind of reapportioned. What might that look like and why would that be an issue? Well, let's start with what these circuits represent. This is access for people in the community to their court system. And so whether you've been the victim of a crime, whether you've been the victim of a a scam, whether you need to go to court to make sure that, you know, you have your rights as a tenant, to make sure you have your rights as a citizen, you rely on access to the courthouse. And right now we have 20 circuits in Florida. They are set up so that people can travel relatively easily uh, to the different courts in that circuit where they elect the state attorney and the public defender and judges who work in those circuits. And it's worked really well. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But the governor and the speaker are intent on changing those circuits for political reasons. And the impact of that is not only that it takes power away from the people in the communities, power over 
who they can elect, who they who gets to serve as judges, it's going to make it harder for people to get access into the courthouse. It's going to create massive gridlock in the system. You're going to have victims having to travel longer distances to show up in court. You're going to have victims waiting longer and longer to get the justice that they deserve. There's frankly no reason to do it other than partisan politics. But unfortunately, that is what Tallahassee does these days. They don't care about what's best for Floridians. They care about what's best for them. You just called it partisan earlier in the interview. You said it was a naked power grab. Now, I think that it stands to reason people can really understand how redistricting for congressional districts or for state legislative seats or something, how that might be partisan. So how is it that something as neutral, perhaps as seemingly neutral, at least as judicial circuits, how can that be something that could benefit one party over another? Well, if the state redraws those circuits, to favor certain political parties and certain political candidates, then that is partisan gerrymandering. And you don't have to take my word for it. Take the word of the Republican state attorney down in South Florida, Monroe County, in the Keys, who said, look, everybody knows what this is about. This is about making sure that Andrew Warren can't win re-election in Hillsborough County. This is about making sure that a Democrat can't win election in Hillsborough County. This is about making sure that Republicans can win elections in Hillsborough County and the Orlando area. That's what it is. And again, that's coming from members of the governor's own party who are saying, don't do this. We know what you're doing. It's bad for Floridians. It may help your floundering presidential campaign, but this is not what Florida wants, not what Florida needs, and it's bad for the citizens. So let's talk specifically here about Hillsborough and the possibility of it being redistricted. So if Hillsborough's judicial circuit, which right now just is its own state attorney's district uh, or, or circuit, so how, if that's redistricted, how would that impact your decision about whether to run again for state attorney? I mean, there are a few single county circuits in the state and they're based on the size. And Hillsborough County is a large county, you know, 1.5 million people. And so we want to make sure that the county is set up and the circuit is set up in a way that people have access to the courts and they have control over the people that they elect and they put into office. Clearly, the governor is hostile to that idea that the people get to decide who serves an elected office. But the way this could happen is they could change Hillsborough County. They could combine it with other counties. Look, we don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you this. The powers that be in in Tallahassee know exactly what they're going to do. And if you think that this is some, you know, open process where they're going to take input from the people and then make a decision that's best for Floridians, you've been living under a rock in this state. I mean, the governor and the speaker know exactly what they're going to do. They're going through a dog and pony show right now to make it look like they're getting input and figuring it out. And they're going to make a decision based on what they think is best for them politically. That's Andrew Warren, who is the suspended Hillsborough County state attorney. And he was talking about a push last year to consolidate judicial circuits in Florida. That push was abandoned. And he also talked about some closed door meetings. Those ended up being public before the whole idea was abandoned. So you can make a case that um, because of shows like Tuesday Cafe, because, because of interviews like this, that more and more people heard about this judicial circuit consolidation plan and more and more people became upset about it or thought it was a really bad idea and it kind of just withered away. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say that, that it's just because of one show or one interview, but, you know, that's the idea of the news is that um, the, the news 
you you support a program that has that that brings you important news so that you can be informed about the ideas and that you can make your judgments and take action however you'd like. This is Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan, the host. Where we broadcast from WMNF every Tuesday morning at ten. And we are looking for your support right now. And can you make a donation to WMNF? And during Tuesday Cafe, can you show your support for shows like this with your donation by calling 813-239-9663 or by donating at WMNF.org? We are part of the way there, but we have not even come close to our goal yet. We have about 12 to 14 minutes left. We need to raise more than $1,000, I believe. So give us a call right now, 813-239-9663. You can also donate at WMNF.org. One of the great thank you gifts we, we can offer you is a Black History Month USB thumb drive that is brought to you from the Pacifica Radio Archives. It has 33 hours of historical Black History programs. Some of the people you will hear on this 33 hours of thumb drives of, of, of audio from the thumb drive are redefining black power in the age of Barack Obama. We have the collected speeches of Fannie Lou Hamer. We, there's a documentary, a two hour documentary about Nelson Mandela, the noblest son of Africa. We also hear about the second battle of Selma. There's a program, an, uh, an hour-long program called the Coltrane Legacy. There's an hour of Sun Ra, an hour program of Sojourner Truth. So there's so much information on this 33 hours of audio that you could just probably listen to it for, for weeks and weeks and not uh, get bored of it. That's available for a $100 donation. Think about what a great gift that could make or if you want to just uh, put it in your car when you're making a road trip. However you want to listen to this, you can get this 100 hour, sorry, this 33 hours of Pacifica Radio Archives Black History Month USB thumb drive for a $100 donation to WMNF. Please call us now at 813-239-9663 or donate at WMNF.org. We also have the two beautiful t-shirts that we can tell you about. One of the t-shirts is called our logo t-shirt. It's a black t-shirt and it has a full color logo with all the colors of the rainbow on it. That's available for an $88 donation. We also have the artist t-shirt, which is a lovely blue color and it has a radio tower with a butterfly coming off of it. And it says kindness, diversity, peace, and love. WMNF 88.5 FM Community Radio. And it's by Doug Wright, the artist at Doug Wright Studio. That can be available for your $100 donation. We really need to hear from you, whether you support the interviews, whether you support the music here on WMNF, or whether you just like a thank you gift. Go to WMNF.org and take a look at all of our great thank you gifts. And we will be happy to send you a thank you gift with your donation. If you can make a $240 donation, we can give you a pair of tickets to Tropical Heat Wave. That is coming up on May 4th at the Cuban Club in Ybor City. And we will be ha- we would love to send you a pair of tickets to that for a $240 donation. But we'd also like you to th- support the interviews that you hear on WMNF. Here's some more of the, t- the types of interviews that I've brought you over the last few months. We heard from the Florida Education Association speaking out about state education issues and about a bill that would reduce child labor protections. That bill is still something that we're paying attention to. We heard from a history teacher who said that Florida standards already teach about slavery and he wasn't, he was really curious why they wanted to um, change the, the law about that. 
and we got answers about open enrollment for the Affordable Care Act's health insurance marketplace. And we heard all the school superintendents from Hillsborough, Pinellas, and Pasco weighing in on things like vouchers, cell phones in schools, and removing books from schools. So these are just a few of the many topics that we've heard about in on Tuesday Cafe during the last three or four months. If that's worth supporting for you, for, by you, please send a financial contribution to WMNF.org or call 813-239-9663. Randy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, hello. So we got a donation of $25 from Mary Ginn in Dunedin. I love hearing from around the Tampa Bay area. Uh, Mary says, I really enjoy the show, exclamation point. Thank you, exclamation point. Thank you so much, Mary. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Mary. We've got about uh, just under $200 for $1,200 and a $1,200 goal, and we've got 10 minutes to go. So we need to hear from you now, 813-239-9663. Again, 813-239-9663, or hit the Donate Now button in the upper right-hand corner of WMNF.org for all of you hundreds of folks who are dreaming and streaming and listen to WMNF from around the world. We really need your support as well. Again, hit that Donate Now button at WMNF.org or 813-239-9663. We need about $1,000 in the next 10 minutes, and we know we can do it. A little bit at a time, or maybe somebody can pick up that passport. So you get 10 shows in 12 months, whatever the shows may be at WMNF. And uh, if if you can pledge $1,000, that would be amazing. Or maybe you want to be part of the People's Patio. You want to give a big donation and uh, immortalize yourself or a a phrase or people in your family. Again, for a $1,000 pledge that can also be paid out over time. We really need to hear from you. Uh, 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. We need about another $1,000 for Tuesday Cafe because just like our environment, every little bit plays a big part in the big community radio picture. Well, we hope that you're going to your phone right now and calling 813-239-9663 or making a donation on WMNF.org. I want to play one last clip of an interview, part of an interview that I did. In November, the Florida legislature held a special session to discuss, among other things, strengthening state sanctions against Iran because of that country's alleged role in the recent attacks on Israel. Just before that session started, we talked with State Representative Anna Eskamani. She called it more politics and performance by the governor. And Eskamani argued that the governor and the legislature should be fixing things in Florida, like the homeowner's insurance crisis. So let's hear from State Representative Anna Eskamani speaking on WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. And while you're listening to this, think about whether this is worth supporting and give us a call at 813-239-9663 or make a donation at WMNF.org. I think listeners should know, too, that I I am the first and only at this point Iranian-American elected in any public office in Florida. So when I say that I despise the Islamic Republic of Iran, I I mean it. You know, my family fled Iran um, in search of freedom. And in fact, I have family in Iran that I have not seen in in more than a decade uh, because of the political environment and because of the fear for safety if I were to go to Iran. And to that same point, the United States has had intense Ten sanctions placed on Iran for decades, and really seeing Governor Ron DeSantis exploit what is a, a, a horrific crisis taking place um, in Israel and Gaza for his own political gain—it doesn't surprise me. But 
is not going to make things better. In fact, um, pursuing such an agenda will only further isolate individuals who are experiencing Islamophobia right now. Um, and of course, you know, if your intent is to somehow financially harm the Iranian government, then I would encourage you to work with the U.S. federal government who has already pursued economic sanctions. So I do see this as just more politics. I see this as performance. And it's frustrating because Floridians need us to focus on things like property insurance and funding public education and the affordability crisis. In fact, I'm joining you from one of my local um, uh, homeless service providers. We were volunteering this morning because the need is so great here in Central Florida, where we are giving in any way we can to address the, the crises at home, which is the job of state government. But unfortunately, DeSantis continues to use his bully pulpit for his failing presidential bid. And we'll talk certainly about the issues that are important to Floridians as we go throughout this interview. I do want to um, continue to talk just for a minute or two more about uh, this special session on Iran. The state government of Florida is is calling essentially f- to do some international diplomacy or, or, or sanctions or something like that. Um, and people right now might be confused because right before you joined us, we had a one hour program and the whole all the news was about the Israel Hamas war in that. And I don't remember Iran being mentioned once. And recently, Secretary of State Antony Blinken has said that the U.S. has not found evidence that Iran was directly involved in the Hamas attacks. So why is the state of Florida seemingly going after Iran here? Yeah, it's a great example. You know, I think it should be noted that the Islamic Republic of Iran, you know, does have proxies, you know, throughout the region of the Middle East. And Hamas is one of their proxies. And they're has been uh, comments made and evidence provided over the years of just the funding streams for different organizations, whether it's Hamas, Hezbollah, and others. But to your point, when we specifically look at this terrorist attack that took place, killing more than a thousand Israelis, if there was some sort of direct connection to the Iranian government, and at this point, we need the United States or IDF have been able to identify such a connection. And so our focus really should be on taking care of those here in Florida. You know, we've seen a rise of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia across the Sunshine State. There, There is now absolutely an opportunity to focus on keeping everyone safe in our communities, ensuring a dialogue and ensuring that we don't see a rise of hate crimes here in Florida. Uh, but to go after a foreign government as a state government is not only unheard of, but it also begs the question of what businesses is Florida engaging with in Iran that sanctions are even necessary? And this is a question that I've asked more than once. And I, I'm, I'm very concerned if Governor DeSantis is engaging with Iran in some business matter because that potentially evades federal sanctions. So again, so much of this feels more performative And it reminds me of some of the attacks that Governor DeSantis has wielded towards the Chinese-American community as well. This past legislative session, uh, we saw Senate Bill 264 pass, which targets Chinese-Americans and and those of Chinese descent and their ability to purchase homes here in Florida um, to the point where one of my local private schools was accused of being influenced by the CCP, though there is no evidence this has since been provided by the state on that claim. But these are just examples of Governor DeSantis attempting to act presidential by targeting different foreign adversaries. And of course, I say attempting to look presidential because even his base has not been impressed by any of these attempts. 
That's State Representative Anna Escamani, a Democrat from the Orlando area, speaking in October on WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. She was talking about a special session that was about to be held about, among other things, strengthening state sanctions against Iran. So uh, we heard from her about what she thought about all that. And you are listening to WMNF Tampa. This is Tuesday Cafe, and we're asking for funds right now to support programming like this, to support the news and music that you hear on WMNF. And we'd like to thank you for your donation. We are getting some donations right in. I'll thank these people right now. Thanks so much to Richard John Canan. He's my uncle in Boulder. Thank you so much and uh, is continuing his monthly contribution as well. But this is an additional one-time donation. Thank you, Richard John. Also, Julie Jenkins is contributing to Tuesday Cafe. Thank you, Julie. And Sarah Hathaway is donating and says, I always wish I could give more. Your reporting is essential. It's the only trusted source of local news. Well, that's a darling thing for you to say, Sarah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. We're glad that we are a trusted source of news in the in the WMNF listening area and beyond. So we can do that because of the generous donations like the ones you just heard. 813-239-9663 is how you can make your donation to WMNF and to Tuesday Cafe in the last three minutes of the news and public affairs uh, block this morning during Tuesday Cafe, at least. Next up is Wavemakers. What an awesome show to support there as well. And uh, we hope that you support it. NPR News is coming up. That's worth supporting. And then later on, we'll hear alternative radio with the 90th birthday of Ralph Nader. We'll hear from him. So right now, we'd like to hear in the last two minutes or so that there is support for Tuesday Cafe, 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org. Howard Burgess just, uh, sorry, Howard just took the Pacifica USB Black History Drive. So thank you for that $100 donation, Howard. Please call now, 813-239-9663. Randy? And as we've said multiple times here, but if you're just tuning in or you're one of those dedicated listeners and you have yet to uh, call in or hit the Donate Now button, if you're one of our streamers, our Dreaming Streamers, please hit that Donate Now button and amplify your voice, amplify your values. Let us know how important this is to you because community radio only happens because of you. If you give us a call, 813-239-9663, or again, you can go on the website. You can look at all the thank you gifts we have, whether it's one of our classic T-shirts, uh, back T-shirts for 44 years, but we've got this new logo, great burst, with full of color, full spectrum color, as well as little audio bars, uh, and our artist T-shirt, because we believe in supporting not just local news, but local arts. It's about local and how we connect to the larger community. So many people come in to WMNF, listen to the news and public affairs because they understand how we're connecting local issues to big international issues. Well, we only have one minute left on Tuesday Cafe, so I hope that you support it right now with your donation at WMNF.org. You can call in during the NPR News as well if you'd like, but we really do need to hear support. We've gotten a part of the way there uh, with very generous donations, but we do hope to hear from you as well. 813 813- 239-9663 or WMNF.org. You've been listening to Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan. During this time slot tomorrow, Shelly Reback will host Midpoint and she will not be fundraising. She, she had a very successful week last week. And next up is Wavemakers with Janet and Tom Sherberger. I hope that you support Wavemakers. Thanks to everyone who has donated today. I hope you continue to support Tuesday Cafe and WMNF at WMNF.org and 813-239-9663.